Welcome to How to Apply to College Like a Pro, or as we like to call it, how to make sure you truly show how awesome you are through your college applications. This podcast is created and sponsored by members of Occam Education, private education and admissions consulting team with over a decade in creating personalized education plans, tutoring and admissions consulting. This is episode four. Tell me about yourself which means we'll be discussing resumes and the extracurricular activities section of the applications. Your distinguished hosts today are yours truly, Dan Brown and David George. Hello, everyone. And Dave, in this episode, you'll be leading the questioning now that it's safe and I'm not going to be asked about my personal character. Yes, we did promise to get personal in the last episode, and we talked about the personal essays, and you certainly opened by asking me one of the most earnest questions you've ever asked me. And as you noted, the extracurricular activity section is not that intimate. No, this section is really more of a list and describe in straightforward terms kind of section. You can show a bit more individuality in your resume, which some universities will solicit, but even there, it's a bit more businesslike. And is that how we should be thinking about the resume you might submit to universities? Is it the same as a resume you might submit to a business for a job opportunity? It's similar, but different. And we'll discuss how they deviate. Great. So why don't you start off the episode by telling us what we're going to be discussing? What's the agenda? First, we are going to talk about the extracurricular activities section of the applications, what it looks like generally, and what you absolutely need to do, and also what you should do, even if it's not required. Next, we'll talk about this resume that we keep alluding to, how to assemble it, and how to take advantage of the change in format versus the extracurricular activity section. And then finally, we're going to talk in broad terms about how to strengthen this portion of your application, whether you are starting your applications now or are fortunate enough to have a bit more time, like a year or more, before you apply. That sounds like a good plan overall. I do suggest we talk a little bit about how universities use this section as part of their admissions process. That's a good idea. So let's start there. So when competitive universities get your application, they evaluate it by giving you separate subscores. Imagine getting a score for your essays, one for your test scores, another for your activities. In reality, the scoring is a bit different and more complex than that. And the scoring varies from one university to the next. But in general, you get several different subscores. In deciding who to admit, a university might say, give me the students with the highest composite scores, or put another way, let's admit all the students with the highest combined scores. Isn't this the only way it would make sense to use these subscores? At first, you would think that. But then imagine a specialized school like the Rhode Island School of Design or Caltech. They don't really care as much about certain things as they do others. So they might be open to taking kids who really stand out in one aspect of their applications, but who maybe are not outstanding in all of them. You are talking about the concept of spikes or hooks to use a little admissions lingo. That's right. Can you give me an example? Sure. And a quick note that context does matter. And spikes are mostly a big issue for really competitive universities and to a lesser degree universities that 
maybe aren't as competitive, but where you are on the edge of being admitted or rejected. So let's take Princeton, one of your alma maters, for example. I'm going to stop you right there. Shouldn't it be almes matres? I was wondering whether I could slip that by you. Yes, technically the plural of alma mater would be almes matres. I do feel obliged to note that I said one of your alma maters. So if we're going to pick nits, while you are certainly correct that alma mater should be put into its plural form, you should also put it into the genitive case. We have reached our first, and probably not last, rocks and glass houses moment. But a fun one nonetheless. So back to spikes in Princeton. An athletic spike at Princeton might mean that you are a really good football player, Maybe not capable of playing at the best Division I universities, but you could probably play at the 40th or 50th best team in the country. For a sport like rowing that Princeton takes more seriously, you might actually need to be in the top 1% or even one half of 1% of all people your age. At MIT, if you wanted to really show a spike in STEM or science, technology, engineering, or mathematics, you would probably need to do something like win the Intel Science Fair or be a co-author on a peer-reviewed research paper. Now, these things are super uncommon. There are not many Olympians in the world, and there are even fewer Intel Science Fair winners. But that's what you would need to be to truly have an impressive spike at some of these universities. Okay, but that's not really going to apply to most of our listeners. It will not. But remember, you are getting scored for different things. So you might not get a 10 out of 10, that's a true spike, in any category of extracurricular achievement. But you could get a few fives out of 10, a couple sixes and a seven. And in the end, maybe that makes you a better candidate than all the other candidates that are going to be competed in the well-rounded category. Okay, so you're telling me that I should be thinking of my activities in bins or groups according to how they'll add to my score in one of the extracurricular subcategories? That's right. Your application gets a collection of subscores, and your extracurricular subscore is in many ways another collection of subscores. So what are the main subcategories for extracurricular activities? The main ones are what I mentioned earlier. Athletics, leadership, volunteering, STEM, and performing arts. Is that the entirety of the list? Those are the main categories, but you can certainly think about being super specific in what you develop a spike in. For example, my younger brother twice wrote entire novels in November as part of National Novel Writing Month, or NaNoWriMo. That's a pretty big deal because it shows such dedication and persistence. So the main takeaway is... There are a few common types of extracurricular categories, but I shouldn't worry about pursuing something or not because it doesn't necessarily fit perfectly into one of them? Exactly. And remember, most students are just trying to show that they are above average in some ways, but they're high average in most. And you did mention hooks earlier. Do you want to talk about this? Sure. So one type of hook is is having a true spike. And here we mean being truly exceptional in something that matters to the school you're applying to. So you could be an Olympic fencer at a place that takes fencing seriously. Or you could be a star rower at a place that really cares about rowing. But there are also a few other ways to have a hook. As we mentioned earlier, universities care about college donations and they also care about diversity. Part of keeping college donations up means admitting legacy students 
And here, legacy means that one or both of your parents attended the university. If multiple generations attended, you might be called a double legacy. Basically, being a legacy helps if your parents have donated to the school, usually significantly, or the university thinks that they will donate significantly. Having a diversity hook would mean you come from an underrepresented group. Remember, students compete against each other in terms of ethnicity, geography, gender, and a number of other categories. Okay, but these other types of hooks don't really relate to extracurricular activities. No, they do not. So I will suggest that we focus on what we can control and ignore the rest. Advice you commonly give. And it is good advice. So now we know a bit about how the extracurricular activities are evaluated and how they can be grouped. Let's talk about how these show up on the applications themselves. The common application gives you space to enter 10 extracurricular activities. And for each one, this means you choose an activity type from a drop-down menu. Real quick, what are some of the activity types? Academic, athletics, art, community service, and then some terms that are both specific, like student government, and some that are pretty general, like cultural. Okay, so I have to pick one of these in part because it helps with the grouping you mentioned earlier, right? That's right. And then what? Then you'll have 50 characters. Each letter is one character, and so is each space, to describe your position. So if you were the captain of the team, you'd describe that in 50 characters. And then you have 100 characters to describe the organization name, so the name of the company or group or team that you were affiliated with. And then you have 150 more characters to describe the activity and any accomplishments you had. So if you swam the backstroke and won some races, you'd try to list those here. And so if you had a bunch of accomplishments for any particular activity, that would be pretty hard to do in 150 characters. Exactly. And that's the challenge with this section. You have so little space to write the descriptions and achievements that it actually becomes pretty time-consuming. And the other thing you need to remember is that while the common application will not make you enter any activities, you really should list 10 if you can. And is this the only information I'm asked to provide? You are also asked when you participated in each activity. So you'll have to mark the grades 9 through 12 when you were involved. After that, you're going to be asked when throughout the calendar year you were involved. Was this just during the school year, just during a break, or all year? And at the end, you have to give an idea of how committed you were by noting how many hours per week and how many weeks per year you participated. Okay, and this information all comes from the common application. So how similar or different are these activities in other applications? Pretty much every application solicits the same information, but the format can be a bit different. The Apply Texas application, for example, gives you room for 10 activities but it separately gives you room for eight volunteer activities. You are also asked to list up to eight talents, awards, or honors. The University of California application goes in the opposite direction by only asking you for your five most meaningful extracurricular activities. But then they give you space for five community service activities and five spaces for extracurricular coursework. So everyone more or less asks for the same stuff, but the format might be slightly different. 
So I have an idea of what I'll need to enter and why. What's the deal with the resume? So as some of our listeners may be thinking, 150 characters is not a lot of space for a description. And maybe others are thinking, I have more than 10 activities I want to list. Ah, so the resume is the way to expand upon the descriptions and maybe add some extra stuff that didn't make the cut. Exactly. So Apply Texas asks for eight talents. The common application does not give you room for any talents. So what happens if you want to mention that you can solve a Rubik's Cube in 10 seconds? For parents, there is a funny clip from an old Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode where Will Smith's character impresses an admissions officer, I think it was at Princeton, almost on accident by solving a Rubik's Cube. For students, feel free to disregard that one. I'm guessing that show didn't withstand the test of time. I was going to say back to the resume, but it does withstand the test of time. I am comfortable with timeless even. And it's a major plot point in The Hate You Give, which is most deaf required reading. Okay, now back to the resume. Yes, and I do want to talk about one thing that makes your resume kind of special in the applications. And that is that it allows you to insert some character or spice into your application much like that Fresh Prince reference did to this episode. You can list more accomplishments, expand upon your activities, list talents, interests, and hobbies, any and all of that stuff. If you've taken online courses, you can list those. One thing to keep in mind is that admissions officers are going to look through thousands of applications. So if you do submit a resume, keep it short. No more than one and a half pages, unless you really have some incredible accomplishments. And here I'm thinking that you would have to have probably published many, many academic papers. But also, keep your resume lighthearted. My partner was on Jeopardy, for example, which is at the bottom of her resume. And she has been asked about this every time she's had an interview. Okay. So the resume is a way to add detail or some character or, as you said, spice. That's right. But do not just repeat information that is elsewhere. If you have nothing to add to your application, then it's better not to submit a resume. Does anyone ever not have more information to submit? Well, usually people do have extra information, but let's say that you are asked to complete an extracurricular activity essay, and you also decided to use the additional information text box to describe your various speech team awards. If you don't have anything else to add beyond that stuff, then don't submit an optional resume. And can I submit a resume to every school? No and yes. Only some universities will provide a specific upload option for a resume. These are usually more competitive universities. Others will not provide an upload option, but you might be able to send your resume directly to the admissions committee after you apply. Yes, and that is a pro tip. Just because you cannot submit something via the official application does not mean that you cannot submit it at all. That's true. There are a few universities that will explicitly say that they do not accept resumes, but you can usually squeeze a resume into most. And did you want to mention how we normally use the resumes? Yes. So at our company, we have students prepare their resumes immediately when we meet them. We use the resume as a reflection of what students have done up until that time, and then we update the resume over the years so when they do apply, it's super easy. And you say update it over the years because we normally work with students throughout all or most of high school. That's right. And that's why this is actually a good practice for all of you at home. 
If you start with the end in mind, it's way easier to be strategic. So know that you are going to be asked to list a bunch of activities. Know that you're going to be asked to list some specific awards and extracurricular achievements. Keep track of everything you've done, but also plan strategically. And we did mention that we were going to talk a bit about strengthening this portion of the application. It sounds like you're hinting at that. I am. When I say plan strategically, I mean, think of what you could do between now and the time you graduate from high school. If you're applying right now, you still have some time before you submit your applications, and you definitely have time before the end of the school year. Remember, you are asked to list what you will do throughout 12th grade. So if you are light on extracurricular activities, get started doing some stuff now and sign up for some things for next quarter or next semester. Wait, I can do that? I can list things I haven't even started yet? That sounds a bit sketchy. It's not. When you think about it, it's an inherent part of the application. If you play a spring sport, of course you should list that, even though you apply in the fall. Imagine that you're presenting at a conference in the spring. Well, duh, of course you should list that. On the other hand, you can also certainly make commitments to do now in the spring after you send your application in. So sign up for a charity trip. Plan to play a spring sport you've never played before. Act in a play. Start an online book club. Any of those would be good things. Okay. Those are some good ideas for strengthening a resume. And a quick word of caution about listing things. You really do need to do them. You do need to do them. We've recently had some pretty famous cases of application fraud where people pretended to row or play other sports to get admitted to prestigious universities. They pretty much all got kicked out. And pretty much every university says in their applications that they retain the right to yank your offer or even kick you out of school in the case of admissions fraud. So make plans to improve your resume, but then actually follow through with them. Exactly. We are going to discuss some of the more academic extracurricular activities in the next episode. So is there anything else you want to add? As usual, early preparation and organization are the key to doing as well as you can with the extracurricular activity and resume section. We suggest you build and track your resume between now, whenever that is, and when you graduate. This tracking system was one of the very first things we built when we started our company's internal software six and a half years ago. And now it's coming to our mobile app, V2Me. And to that point, the name V2Me actually comes from curriculum vitae, one of the common terms used for a resume. Exactly. And that's why we picked the name. We wanted to let students upload their activities, generate resumes, and eventually get automatic advice about majors to pursue, activities to consider, and courses to take. I'm sure our audience will appreciate those features as they become available. Our consulting clients certainly do. And with that, we wrap the fourth episode of How to Apply to College Like a Pro. Check the show notes for a summary of the episode and a link to our new mobile app, V2Me, which will help you keep track of all of your activities, awards, and accomplishments in the very near future. In the meantime, use it to find universities and track your applications. It is available now in Apple's App Store. Next up in episode five tests and courses, oh my, we'll discuss how to assemble a top-notch academic resume and answer all of the test-related questions you have. 